You are now tuned in to the People's Podcast Show. Welcome, episode 27 of the People's Podcast. It is another Thursday evening, and the people are in the wonderful, marvelous studios of 15 Minutes of Fame recording yet another episode of the People's Podcast. I'm your homegirl, Miss Asia Michelle. Hey, friends, it's Amber Nicole. And it's your boy, HJ, on the mic. And of course, once again, we're in 15 Minutes of Fame Studios recording live and direct. Although you guys will be hearing this when we put it out. <laughs> I won't even give you a Niggas <laughs> can't even say on Sunday no right. more, Frank. Sometimes things come up. Things okay. happen. Um, shout out to Uncle Rob. Thank you for having us once again. Uncle Rob, what's up? <laughs> So, first segment of each episode of the People's Podcast is called Happy Hour. Um, we ask you to raise your glasses, anything that you have, a little beverage, and say cheers because it's time for a little talk time. So, cheers, friends. Cheers, cheers, cheers. cheers. Clink, clink, clink. Um, let's start off with talking about what's been going on with you all. Amber. Hey, y'all. Um, Let's see so last week i prefaced the surprise party for my best friend it happened it was great um we all had a grand old time shout out to everybody who helped make it possible including joe who helped me decorate my home for the guests um uh what else so that was what saturday Mm -hmm. then sunday Easter. Yeah, I didn't do much on Easter. Um, Monday. Did I go to work on Monday? Uh I didn't go to work one of these days. I don't remember which day. Wasn't it yesterday? Oh, yeah, I was off. Wednesday? Wednesday, yeah. So Monday, Tuesday, work was, you know, normal as usual. Was off yesterday. Um, Back there today and again tomorrow. Enjoyed the nice weather that we had this week. Um, it was real nice. I know. Like I'm, I'm really hoping that this starts to pick up, considering May is in a few days. Um, they say, what is it? April showers bring, bring May, May flowers. flowers. So, uh, May, I'm ready for you. I'm ready for the warm weather. Um, what else? Been super busy. Honestly, like for any of my friends who do listen, if I've been, you know, just unavailable. Sorry, just. The life of an entrepreneur slash podcast host slash friend slash daughter, right? Like, it's just something to do every day. And sometimes I just want to wake up and stay in the bed for, like, three hours Best on a Saturday. And up. my mom be texting me at, like, 10. Like, you want to go to the mall? <laughs> like, damn. Like, uh, I don't be wanting to go most times. I say not most times, sometimes. But it's like, I don't want to not go to the mall with my mom on a Saturday like that's fun too but damn like sometimes I just need those little three hours Mm -hmm. in the bed doing nothing um other than that I've been cooling I'm trying not to let life overwhelm me as usual um hoping for a productive weekend a safe weekend I don't think the weather's gonna be that popping but we gonna make the best of it so Word. That was my week. What about you, Joe? So, 
like I said last week, I am in the core of my audit, and it is so trash. Mm-hmm. It is so trash because it's like I open up my emails and it's like, damn, they still the same, and I still got to get this audit done. But it's been trash. It's been so trash. My week been was good. I mean, I don't have no complaints, but it's just the audit. It's like looking at the damn computer the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. It's like like you're seeing the same thing over and over again, and it's like nothing changed. But um, other than that, was good. I worked out this week. Um, my weekend was good. Spent time with my friends. Went to church on Sunday, got a good little word, Amen. little rejuvenation. Oh, the cookout was Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, I was dead on Sunday, though. <laughs> yeah, I went to go see my godson. It was dope. Dope as ever. And then that's it. I mean, here I am. Hallelujah. Another mm-hmm. Thursday. Well, I'm glad that you made it to church on Sunday because I did not. Neither did I. I was devastated. I actually called Joe crying like a baby because I miss church. But um, he talked me right on through that thing, so I appreciate you for that. Uh, Sunday, I did have the pleasure of hosting um, dinner and an Easter egg hunt at my house for my family and friends. So it was such a pleasure to see all of their beautiful faces. I was tired now, child. I am. I'm right. I'm dead. Like, this was a long weekend, bro. Word. Oh, yeah, hung out with my friends on Saturday, too. Shout out to my stink who was up from Atlanta this weekend. It was such a good time seeing him. Um, Got to catch up, talk a little bit, hang out, so that was cool. This week has been trashier than trash, Um, only because, like, I've been working so much, and I've just been tired and going through the motions. Today was a very overwhelming day. Had a lot of meetings at work, conference call, like, you know, my boss's boss was, like, trashing us. So I was like, all right, like, I hate life. (laughs) Had to take a few walks today um, just to, like, clear my head a little bit while I was at work. So I still have a bunch of work to do. Luckily, tomorrow I work from home. So that, I mean, I still have to work, but... At least I'm at home. You got to think about what you're going to wear. I can lay down wear. in my bed. I don't got to get up and commute or nothing like that. Exactly. I could just wake up, roll over, and turn the computer on. So thank God for that. Thank God for this evening being able to record this show. Hey, hey, hey. Um. So we're going to go on and move on with it. Keep this train pushing. Um, I did want to do a special shout out to a young lady from New Orleans. This segment is called Our Thriving While Black segment. This young lady from New Orleans, Louisiana um, got accepted into 115 colleges um, and also received over $4 million in scholarships. So, God bless you, young lady. Um, I want to give you guys her name, um, but I need to do just one thing. Um, Sorry. This young lady's name is beyond me, child, because (laughs) I saved it. Oh, here she is. Not beyond me. Uh, (laughs) My bad. Forgive me. Her name is Antoinette. 
Love. Antoinette Love um, has been accepted into 115 colleges and received almost $4 million in scholarship. She had an interview with CNN and she told them that she lost count of how many schools she actually applied to, but kept pushing to break boundaries. Um, She said that that news just took her off off guard and she really just did it to see how many schools she could actually get into um she's one of the top students in her class um with a 3.7 gpa she's heavily involved in different activities and things in school so it's just really really good to see another uh black child black student another black queen excel and and break boundaries and you know make a name not just for herself but just for the culture so shout out to you Antoinette congratulations well deserved sis let's go let's go it's crazy I mean cause you know that um School student loans and all this other stuff is out here. Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna be playing student student loans forever. Mm-hmm. So the no. fact that she got accepted into a hundred and fifteen schools. One fifteen. I only applied to about five schools coming out of my <laughs> Right. <laughs> like right. and that wasn't even including counties, but it's just a simple fact that yo, one of her goals was to break boundaries yeah like the mindset you know sometimes we kind of put the generation after us not down but we's like damn what the hell are they thinking about and the fact that she's out here trying to break boundaries like she had a goal and she said and she was out here like don't spend your your refund check in one place, sis. <laughs> Good. Yes, Lord. Four million dollars? Right. Yeah. She, I mean, if Elizabeth Warren get up in there, then maybe she she ain't gonna have no student loan debt, but I mean, she's she said. Like, right. regardless, she said. I mean, that's that's super inspiring. Damn, she applied to all the scholarships. All the sco- right. Like which is <laughs> can we get a uh we need to uh reach out to Antoinette's people so we can get the list of scholarships she applied to. Right. So Word. we can make sure that our little cousins and stuff can apply to them things too, child, because Lord. Miss Love. Not for a million. Right, for a million in scholarships. Like like right. just give me the scholarship. Right. Fact though, like, I ain't gotta even go to school. <laughs> <laughs> y'all can y'all can keep the education. Just give me the full million dollars. Right? Can I buy me I a degree? Invest it and do That's something. That's an average of. Well, yeah, that makes sense. It's the average of. It sounds like a lot, mm-hmm. but it's really, it is a lot. Scholarship is great, mm-hmm. but excuse me, I just did the math, and for 115 schools and four million dollars in scholarships, that's approximately 34 7 each school mm. which is like one year mm-hmm. if that and she if might it's have, not like a toppity toppity $50,000 a year school yeah. right. so. and she might have received those scholarships from some schools and not all of True, them she could have got full so rides she might have got a couple yeah. full rides in there but it gotta be a few full rides in yeah. there but still okay. she got some grants too yeah true but nonetheless, congratulations, Miss Love. Free money is this could go to Absolutely. school? Absolutely, free money. That's, so that's that a, financial aid struggle is yes. that crying at the window struggle is mm-hmm. all too familiar. So <laughs> I condemn, I condemn, I commend you Work. for for your accomplishments, Miss Love. All right, we're gonna move to the socials. There's a lot that's been going on. Um, I guess on social media, I found out today as we were in pre-production. Um, 
you know, a lot of the things that's been going on on your different social media pages. Um, I don't know anything I want to start with in particular. Joe, do you want to start with the Dwight Howard story since you know a lot about it? I mean, so, you know, back in some of our early episodes, um, we did speak about Mr. Dwight Howard and his alleged affairs with um, transgender women and some men um we've now have an update with one of the people that he had um alleged alleged affairs with <laughs> um this person is now um suing dwight howard with for some money because he felt like after everything transpired um he suffered physical and mental emotional distress Mm -hmm. in addition to financial losses so he's trying to get his money from from all the money that he was trying that he was getting from dwight whether or not he was or wasn't getting it from him he was he trying to get this money but guess what dwight is trying to sue his this man too he's trying to counter sue he's trying to counter sue the man right 10 million dollars the man ain't got no money (laughs) mason ain't got no money at all but mason (laughs) so dwight Uh, is trying to dwight is saying million (laughs) 10 million like yo miss love can we borrow four of those million (laughs) can we borrow your four million can we borrow your four million like yo it's out here um still still on the on the hunt for some some more Dwight's money but Mr. Howard is allegedly is um saying that unfortunately that this is not true none of this is true what he's saying who um Mr. Howard okay Mr. he's Howard. denying all allegations of course yeah he's denying all of it <laughs> I mean like the man want the money <laughs> he want the man want money and Dwight said you ain't got it so, so I said I'm going to counter sue you for ten million of them things. Like since we playing a numbers game, you sue me, I sue set. you. Right. Not ten million. How about both of us woke up with nothing? That's like when you watch some episodes of Judge Judy and somebody will sue for the five thousand, the other person gonna counter sue for five thousand. So mm-hmm. Judy be like, both of y'all is a mess and guess what <laughs> I'm gonna award you the 5,000 I'm gonna award you your right. 5,000 not everybody Break. walk away with nothing out of here right playing like, around he said he said this case has no legal standing especially since it was a fish since he was served so I mean like come on Mason like I, I hope that you I hope that you get better throughout everything but like listen if you can pull out that that ten million, that <laughs> you, if you can pull up that ten million, man, then good luck, homie. Or, and you know, people sue with people for anything these days, like. Right. But but it's because like there's in some states and in some places, depending on where the venue is, you could like you could win money for that. Like I look at the stuff that comes across my desk at work and these cases that I have, and people really be like. Their liability be questionable, you know what I'm saying? But just because they file a suit in a state like Georgia in a certain county, then like that, they may be plain and friendly. The judge might just order, you know, people to pay more money just because of whatever. So it's just, I just see the most craziest things come across my desk and the most shadiest people get awarded the most money for right. no reason. And I'm sure, like, you got to pay your lawyers off. So, I mean, like, if they he get is, a third of your winning. Right. Yeah. What, so, do you still, if, if the lawyer 
win, doesn't win the case, do you still got to pay him? There's still different attorney's fees, but you kind of paying as you go, like a retainer fee. Yeah. Uh-huh. But um, when you suing in, you know, in different kind of cases, if your if your lawyer does not win, that's why they always look to settle instead of going to trial. Because if you settle, then the lawyer is still able to get paid that third. But if you go to trial and you lose. Both teams rack up a bunch of fees, right? And then now the lawyer don't even get his cut. Mm. So it's just like, oh, well, Mason, if you feel that this that this should be going to trial, then you fight your hardest. <laughs> but if you ain't got he them looking ten for racks, a settlement, he, he looking, looking for he a look, settlement. That's why he shut shot for this. this but guy. that's why Dwight counted sue because he's like, I'm not giving you no money. So now you want you want to go to court? Right. I'm gonna counter sue you for ten million. That's like uh, Tierra Marie and uh, Fifty Cent. Right mm-hmm. now. Oh, what happened to them? Um. Very long story short, she tried to sue him for the uh, whole revenge porn thing. He yeah. posted it. And basically, um, after that whole debacle, the first time, she came out with like this brand called I Ain't Got It. Mm-hmm. Basically, <laughs> oh, yeah, when yeah, he yeah. claimed bankruptcy and shit like that. Uh, so then, apparently, allegedly, he, trademarked, he it. trademarked it. But she just came out saying that that wasn't true. He trademarked I Ain't Got It and then sued her ass for like 30000 <laughs> <laughs> well, he's suing her for thirty thousand for the attorney fees from mm-hmm. the first from the first time she sued him, mm-hmm. and basically she came out with that line like, "Well, I ain't got it. I ain't got you know what I'm saying like I ain't got the thirty thousand. But she was like profiting from that. I ain't got it. But then he trademarks the shit, and then he's like, "Well, that's my shit now. So it's just a fucking mess. Yeah, you going Damn. back and forth with that nonsense. It's <laughs> that's crazy. She just came out with some like video like, "Oh, that's not true. He never trademarked anything and never countersued me or anything like." I don't know. Well, there'd be so much going on on the socials, chat. It's well, too much, honestly. It's too damn much. He did the same thing with GU Not when Game was doing the GU oh, Not. Oh, really? Thing. He, he trademarked it. Then Game had to stop saying stop it. Exactly. He's a gangster. Out. He is. Yeah. He really is. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. What's next? Other crazy, wild stuff going mm. on on social media. I guess Jordan Woods finally came out. Oh, my God. Saying how, uh, well, you got the exact quote, but something to the gist of how now, after all she's been going through, she understands how it feels to be a black woman in society, which. What? Sis, yeah. Sister. <laughs> Her quote is, um, my little sister was bullied in school. Um, if sh- if I was bullied by the world, she too could overcome her toughest battles. Um, I understood for the first time what it's like being a black woman in just society and how we can be so disrespected and nobody can really understand to that extent until you have to live it. Who was it that said the most disrespected woman in the most disrespecting person in the world is a black woman. Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. Who was it that said um, the most disregarded person in the world is the black woman? Like, sis, where you well, been? Thank you. That's exactly what I was like, about to say. What are you talking about? Like, I'm so insulted by her saying this bullshit. Right, because it it, it tells me that you have. Wherever you come from, and maybe this is not your fault, but wherever you come from or the people that you're, you've are you been surrounded by have made you really detached from who you really are. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you were around these people, the Kardashians or whoever, and for somehow, some way, you felt like you 
identify with these people more than you identify with who you truly are. So that's right. truly disappointing. And honestly, this is why sometimes I want people on the internet to be quiet because, like, you're embarrassing. Right. Like, you know, I had your back through this because I didn't think they needed to be trashing you about whatever went on. You know what I'm saying? But now you talking too much. Like, just exactly. shush, 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 shush. sit down in the corner. You want right. time out. Right. And she was just doing the most with that. And I don't think she understands, like, and I'm sure Jada is not going to be coming to keep cleaning up your messes, girl. Like, we ain't going to have a whole red table talk about this. Like, we tried to help you the first time. We got your back. But now just just put your phone down or stop talking to whoever because what you're saying, maybe you didn't mean it that way. But your choice of words mm-hmm. and, the way, you know, words mean things. It's very important that people understand that your words mean things. So when you saying what you think you mean what you really saying is what other people are understanding so you might be saying something else like you know I don't know I can't think I can only read what the quote said and put those words together for what they mean right but like you may be trying to say one thing or trying to put out another sentiment but your words are not expressing that and that's crazy because like how in God's name like this is where you try to be relatable goes wrong Right. Like, like you try to to make yourself look good and try to go. Oh, I understand how you guys are exactly. feeling. But what you, you look stupid as ever. And from what I understand, like she's in Nigeria right now. Like, sis, would you have ever really been in Nigeria if this shit wasn't like you're really trying? Like, one of my friends asked the question about like how black people. I'm sorry, how other cultures appropriate black culture. And how we think of like, what does it really mean for when this affluent black woman, you know, is now, I don't think it's that she's appropriating blackness because a black person can't appropriate. I don't think black culture, right? We're black. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of her aligning herself right now, I do think she's doing that. I do think she's trying to become more relatable to the black woman now because the whites have, brushed her under the rug mm-hmm. or in the, the black women, women. they left her stranded with no ride tree. home exactly <laughs> so i mean again for her being attacked and shit like that when everything was first going down i was all about it i was like yes you know jordan you know i don't need your situation all about it stand up for yourself but now it's just like baby girl this this ain't the way to go about it yeah just be quiet like Like, when it comes to the other situation like i'm still with you but just like be quiet don't want to say anything if you consult one of us first call go (laughs) in the group chat and be like sis this is how i'm feeling should i say something i'll be like girl just chill leave it alone you know we good right now let's just (laughs) chill out um so I'm sure that this is a story that's going to go... I mean, it's kind of going away already. But she needs to just know for future notice. Watch what you say. Sure. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the Kardashians, Mm -hmm. um, Mr. West and his uh, Sunday services found their way to Coachella this Easter. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And um, he had this huge mountain built in the middle of the desert. And... um, he had this performance with all these dancers and singers and musicians. Um, really cool performance, but he, he's, uh, you know, unveiled his new church clothes line. Um, and we were, you know, rapping about it a little bit before the show. 
and is you this know, a pantsuit, three piece suit. So these the... are sweatshirts, socks, oh, no. um, and t shirts. And I think the t shirt is the cheapest thing for let's see how much a t shirt costs from church clothes. Do I not have it? Didn't I just have it up? Thought I did. Oh, it's right here. Nope, that's not it. Either way, I think the t-shirt was like 170 or mm-hmm. something like that. The socks were like 50 bucks. Excuse me. Um, damn, where is it? The sweaters were 225 and they all say, you know, trust God, um, Sunday service at the mountain, things of that nature. Um, the socks say church socks on them. Um, all of these things. And for me, it's a, it's a hard no, just because like, yeah, Kanye, you know, when you first came out and you were on your Jesus walks vibe, right? We were, we all right. Like missed the old Kanye, but this whole, like, cause Kanye to me, just like Beyonce fan, like I'm a Beyonce fan. Like Kanye's fans also are like a cult and it's like, he can do no wrong and not for nothing. Beyonce ain't really do nothing like Kanye did. So for I say that to say, had Beyonce been a vic not a victim, but um a part of any type of like scandal, some type of racist shit, some type of anything, right? Like I would probably, most probably, most maybe probably disassociate myself for her, right? Kanye, who has aligned himself multiple times with, in my opinion, the dumbest human in existence who happens to be the president of the United States um, <laughs> who blatantly wears regalia that is a uh, significant of racist values um, and continues to, for lack of a better word, like provoke and like say stupid things like slavery was a choice, you know, all these things. That's just a few. I just think maybe three things that happened in the past like year or so. All that now you got Sunday service, right? Like, how sway? I don't. I'm not with it. I don't think that is genuine. I don't believe that Kanye has like real values in him. I do. I believe he had them at one time. Yeah. Do I believe that Kanye was conscious at one time? Absolutely. But right now, I can't say that. Like, you know, after seeing the way he was shucking and jiving in front of the president, like. I don't I don't see the the parallel, you know, the where where that those actions of him being with 45 line up with now Sunday service other than a ploy to make some bread. Well, you know how it is when you fuck up. The first thing people do is go run to the black community. Sure. Michael Jackson did it. You know what I mean? All of a sudden he had the F uh, food of Islam as his uh, bodyguards or yeah, whatever when he was going yeah. through that trial. So it's like, you know, you do some dumb shit outside the culture and then uh-huh. when you're trying to recover, you run to the culture. That's true. That's but, but on another like note, it's just like, I hear what you're saying, but what if, just playing, just just playing the, sure. the other side of the other side of the, the car, mm-hmm. what if it's true that he really found God and was just like, like he sits up here and would like 
forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So now this is his point or this is his way of saying, let me be quote unquote relatable. Mm -hmm. And now I found God and I want to show you that I found God. And I mean, yes, I do feel like those shirts are like very like stupid prices because if you really want to put yourself out there and you want to advertise to our community, low your prices a little bit and then maybe everybody will be wearing it. You just made my point. But I kind of feel like when it comes to that, though, like, I, and as I mentioned earlier, when it comes to the price of his clothing, um, they, his prices have always been like that, whether it was this line or others. And when it comes to them Yeezys, everybody was buying them, no matter mm-hmm. how much they cost, and reselling them. So, and the, and those are people of like our community, mm-hmm. you know. They so, still buying them, and they still buying them. Like they, they, you know, when he started doing whatever he was doing, people was like, "Oh, I'm not wearing them no more." But you still, these things are still selling. Um, so when it comes to the prices of those clothes, I don't like that's not nothing that's making me like. You know, I'm not like you know rah rah about that because that that's not a surprise for me. I don't see Kanye ever selling anything under you know in a store that's affordable or whatever. Uh, that that's just not what he's done. Um, at the end of the day, I think when it comes into this situation, for me, um, is that I think as far as the clothing line goes, like I'm not shocked. It seems like it falls in line with what he's doing with Sunday services. I'm not shocked with the prices because his clothes have always been expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with him doing Sunday service and him, um, I guess, like mixing with gospel music, with you know, and having his play on it. I haven't been on social media much to like, like, cause I get them sent to me or I look online. So I don't be, and which I'm kind of glad that I haven't been on social media much to see people's reactions to it. Because I think sometimes like when you see other people's reactions to it, then you get influenced to react the same way. Got it. So, um, I think since I've been watching it and I haven't really had the conversation with anybody about him, but I've actually enjoyed watching Sunday services. Um, only because I it made it took me back to the old Kanye. It took me back to the Kanye that have was heavily influenced in gospel since the college dropout. If you listen to that album, he's singing gospel music right. on it. There's a lot of gospel influence, so it's not anything new for Kanye West. Um and so it kind of reminded me of that and it was taking me back to that. Um, his intentions, you'll never know anybody's intentions for real. Like we just watch things on social media. We, we create an opinion mm-hmm. or a judgment about it. And we, you know, we've put, push that onto that person. Um, so I don't know what his true intentions are. Me as someone who has followed him for his whole career I'm just watching him as an artist do what he's always done. Um, his intentions, I can't tell. I can't say that maybe he really found God. I, thought, I always thought that Kanye knew about God, you know, or, or acknowledged God because I've always heard God influences in his music. Whether or not he's trying to capitalize off of it, I can't say what, you know, his true intentions are because, you know, I don't think he really came out and, you know, and and spoke about it. But I do think, you know, for me, as somebody who has followed him and knows his music, like none of these things are outside of who Kanye mm-hmm. has always been. I know he's been an asshole and showing his ass, but he's always been this influence. So it's nothing new to me. I mean, I understand that, but like we all grew up in church and it's like, I understand 
I just know that it comes a time whereas you are, you bring yourself, like, if you are deep-rooted into the church, there comes a time that God pulls you back. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I like you said, I don't know his in tr- true intention because just like his church is now he's allegedly saying that he's starting to um, join a non-traditional church to help point people to Jesus Christ. I mean, through the arts. I mean, I feel like some of our best singers came from the church. So you're not really pointing anyone directly to the to 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 um, you're not really pointing point any or, or making a better argument by the arts of coming from the church because it, it's true like you don't have to start it just go to church and you see the best singers come from the church yeah i, I think agree. i think when he's talking about his artistry you see like like what he's doing right now is is very different for people so some people can accept it some people can't but it's a form of artistry him getting up there and having all these people like dressed in the same color and they on the mountaintop and they singing like that's like for some people that's unacceptable but to him it's art and he want to make people kind of understand like this is not me trying to be uh the devil or something like that like maybe this is a form of artistry that you know it's so but it's it's one thing about artistry right but But it's another thing about like spirituality and then it's another thing about like jesus right like i think there's you don't think they could come together not, not not saying that i don't think they can come together but what i'm saying is like I don't know if that's like how deep Ye is thinking, right? But that's like, just you. That's you judging him, though, because you don't know. That's that's just you passing judgment on him. No, no, no. It's not because judgment of- because because here's the thing. I think I, this is this is just my opinion on Sunday service. First, Sunday service to me is Kool Aid. I think that people are like desperate for Ye to come back. I think people, I think yay fans are desperate for him to come back from the bullshit that he's been doing. And now that he's doing Sunday service, it's like, yes, he's on his way back. Yes. I'm back on the bandwagon. Yes, I am. I'm soup to, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like be a yay fan again. I don't, I'm not, to me, I'm not like impressed or I'm not like moved. I should say moved. I am not moved by his Sunday service. I've watched plenty of them. Um, the performance itself is amazing. I'm not saying that, like, I'm not taking away from the talent, but I'm not like move. And maybe the way that he want he wants people to be moved is a different way than I can understand. But as an artist, I can stand. I can go to a museum and stand in front of a Rothko painting, which to to somebody might just look like three rectangles, but to me, I might be completely moved to tears. Right. So like. To talk about artistry and like all these other things, I'm just like, I guess maybe I should say I, I need to see more. Like I need to see, I need to like, I need to hear more. I need to see more. I need to see like m- more like, what's the word? Not structure, but like it's more, to me it's more than like, oh, you putting out a video and then you got, you know, DMX and you got like Tiana Taylor and you got all these people. Like what's differentiating Sunday service from just a concert I mean that's why everybody have like that's why we all have a like an opinion right like cause some of us 
could see it and enjoy it. And some of us could say, I don't see it. I don't enjoy it. It's like when you walk into the museum museum, and you're looking at the painting and it doesn't move me, but it moves you. We all right. have different eyes. We all see artistry to be something. But just because I don't see it, I won't, say, I won't tell you that's not art. My question is, why create something that's already there? Like, I mean, like with the whole shirt line, okay, whatever. But why try to create a traditional church to bring people, like whatever the the verbiage was, why do that when there's already traditional churches? Just join one and then you can bring more people to the church. You can bring them because obviously, like I said in the beginning, I come... I was I grew up in church and when I didn't get a certain feeling from my first church that I grew up in what what did I do I went through a process of when I was in transit where I visited different churches and then I found my church home and when I found my church home that's where I felt like I got the the first met my 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 message and like different calling Mm -hmm. so and that's where I invest my most time like why create something when you can inv- there's a lot of churches out here that are lacking like invest in those churches and then you can bring everyone up like i do agree with 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 both of you ladies whereas like yes one side you you don't know you want to know um you want to see more and then you may not know his intentions but you have to when you when you're talking about church you have to be very 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 specific and you have to know what you're saying what you're doing because you may draw the wrong people to that to that realm and you and there's some people out there that may take it seriously seriously and some people may not i think that's why he and this i and i think the term he used was trying to bring like a non-traditional church and and it might be because of his own experience with Mm -hmm. church i know why a lot of people don't go to church is because there's a lot of like I don't want to call it structures but like these things that are in place of what you're supposed to be like as a person who goes to church versus like what you're not supposed to like be of the world and you know what people want to consider to be right and wrong so I think his intentions in that if that is even true because we getting this off of social media is that you know he's trying to take you know make people who want to maybe worship God or like you know do this but in a in a non-traditional right. way, okay. you know, create a space for them to do that. Um, that's what I get from that, from that headline. But the church is so tricky. Right. It's very tricky. And I know that I've battled with, um, not my spirituality, but with religion a lot because it's very structured and, you know, you're kind of taught that, you know, this is this and this is that and this can only be this way and this can only be that way. But meanwhile, in your head, you seeing and feeling other things and you have your own connection with God. So you do things a little differently, but it's unacceptable in the traditional church. Um, I've had my and I, I think, you know, if church uh, you know was a little bit more open to different things I'm not saying anything like they need to be open to Sunday service but I, I'm just speaking in general because I think about my own church and I'm just like oh you know with them even letting young people do things or have mm-hmm. some type of influence to say that doesn't even happen you know right. um, there's a lot of things in a traditional church that needs to be I think just revisited and right. more open we need to get to a different level yeah but I do admire the fact, like you said, when you feel yourself getting disconnected, you went and started looking yeah. 
for a place where you could be fed. Um, and I think a lot of people need to do that instead of like running away from like church and the, you know, God and things like that, that they need to just search for what, in what way can your spirit be fed? Right, because it's not necessary. And maybe this is the way Kanye's spirit is being fed. We True. don't know. We don't know. That's what they're saying. Like, they're saying, like, like in the beginning, they were saying Sunday service was like, Kim said it was him healing himself, mm-hmm. right? And I'm all for healing. I'm all for therapeutic ways to make you better. better. Mm-hmm. But to just, like, to me, it's like, you know, because I'm not the biggest, the most religious person in the world, but I have a very high respect for God, right? Mm-hmm. And I know who God is and God knows who I am. And I would never just to me and I'm fully aware that, you know, yay has roots in the church and in God, right? Fully aware. But what I'm saying is I would never like for lack of a better term, like willy-nilly just this is my healing, now I'm going to throw God into it. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like you know that's to me that's tricky to me that's that's, real tricky that's why it's tricky because we've already been trained and taught to feel like you know certain things you cannot do when it comes to god you know Uh, and i think that's why it becomes difficult for people to um not only accept but understand absolutely because if you look at you know those who were even partially close to the mountain of um, Sunday service on Coachella, right? It's like, is that who you're speaking to? Are you speaking to anyone who might just need some healing? Are you worried about your own community? Like, who are you out here trying to, like, help? And better question, because of, and I'm sorry to put it this way, because I, this is a part of the church that I have problems with, you know, in terms of like these rich pastors and stuff who have Lamborghinis and helicopters and Yeezy, Yeezys. Like, are you going to market this to the people who can afford to do Sunday service? Or are you marketing this as like, you know, church, which is supposed to be come as you are, you know, it is what it is. Like, those are the lines that just make it a little bit weird for me. But kudos to Ye. I mean, like I said, those performances are really, like, live and dope. And, you know, the singers and dancers, they all look like they're having an amazing time. Kanye genuinely looks happy. But it's just the God part of it is just like, you know, I don't know. To To me, that needs, to me, that needs more structure. Like, I think God is a little bit too important to just be like, oh, you know what? And then on top of that, I'm this is going to be God. I'm putting God in this. To well, me, that is like... your experience with God? That's my thing. Like, like how, how, why, why does anyone get to tell me how I'm supposed to experience God or how I'm supposed to, like, you know, show my, you know, I don't know how what the word was, how I'm supposed to show my love for God or show my connection with God. Like, why do you get to tell me how to do that? Or why, why does anyone get to tell me or, you know, tell me that this is how it should be done if this is my experience with him? That's my only thing. Like, 
and I can't speak for, you know, Kanye, but I'm just saying in the realm of people, you know, loving God or do like before, maybe like back in the day, you know, miming and all that stuff people doing in church that I'm pretty sure they wasn't going, they wasn't letting nobody up in the church do that. Cause mm-hmm. it looked like you being a clown or something, you know, mm-hmm. but you can't tell somebody how to praise God. You can't tell somebody that this is not a, you know, like what you're doing, you know, that's not like, that's not what you're supposed to do with God. Like you have to be structured in this and this is how, what's acceptable. I, th- I just think that's not fair. But I'm talking about in terms of healing. Like if this is a his source of healing and if God is in his healing, cool. Like one, that's great. Be, that might be how, you know, him, God and healing, like that might be the method for him. Like we can't say that that's not allowed. I'm not, it's right. not that it's not allowed, but for me, or that it's, it's a mockery when you have these dumbass clothes that say church clothing. You calling it church merch? To me, that's making a joke out of it. To me, it's it's it's, no it's kitschy. You you know, like kitschy, like it's it's just something to do. It's a fad. He's you know what I'm saying? Re- it's just something. It's just together. another way mm-hmm. to make some bread. Like that's all I'm saying. But I understand your opinion. Well, talking about Coachella. <laughs> There were uh, 1,105 cases of Mm -hmm. herpes Mm -hmm. found at this year's Coachella performance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely disgusting. You will never see me at nobody's Coachella. What were they doing at Coachella? And how do they count them? Would it be like, what? Well, because um, the doctor said that generally... he, they have, they were treating like at least twelve cases, but then over a couple of days, mm. um, more and more cases. Started That's to ridiculous. Come up. <laughs> like what? A thousand. A thousand cases of herpes. <laughs> like so- what are y'all doing? <laughs> Well, I had my friend, one of my my best friends, she went to Coachella and she was, you know, letting me know what was going on with it when they were there. There's a lot of drugs happening at Coachella. That's what I heard. She said that she don't she don't never need to go back, honestly. Um, But she was like, yeah, it's just, you know, a lot of people on drugs and, you know, they everybody's tight and close together. And like, you know, people are doing weird things when they're on drugs and it's dirty. And it's Mm she's like, Asia, you would not enjoy this place. But I feel like in that type of environment I wouldn't be surprised because everybody's out there like I said on drugs and you know doing different things that they wouldn't normally be doing because they under the influence and that's how STDs get transmitted I don't want Coachella and I don't want those drugs that they take Uh -uh. (laughs) it make people different basically yeah Yeah, basically it's like a big old thing and it's like they take you all the way like where it's at like where you park your car (laughs) and then you walk like miles or like get on time and and it's like in in the middle of the desert it's hot dusty dirty like Mm -hmm. it's just a lot but I guess it's fucking just shoot up some shit right like exactly it's like a bunch of hippie people like doing I was really never interested only when Beyonce was there last year I was like sad that I didn't go but the tickets was mad bread so but I never need to Go to Coachella. I don't know. Me either. I did Made in America and nowhere near Coachella. You know, as as big as Coachella Uh is, but that shit was ridiculous. Oh my God. Uh Ridiculous. I already don't know. Shoulder to shoulder. So I could see how the herpes and now got. Yeah. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. the. You know, people be touching each sure. other and, and niggas are sw- uh, sweating and, and not for nothing. People are 
probably be making out exactly. like just with strangers they like, do that I did you say drugs. making out yeah that's a, still relevant in 2019 it sounds so 1950 <laughs> I mean that's what else to say what's the new thing I now? don't know but making out sounds I think it's so making out I think so <laughs> you know with strangers they on them PCPs and getting it in getting it in that too probably they probably was doing that too shit in the damn desert got sand yeah I'm bet you fluid I wouldn't put it. Ooh, <laughs> so my what, what state is it in? Sand, California. California. Sand in the crevices. Oh, mm-hmm. Lord. No thanks. Jesus. Sand probably got stuff all in it. Mm-mm. And now you just putting it. Never That's mind. the herb from last year. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> ah, she was still living, child. No. No. That's terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, what else we got going on? The B lady. The B oh, lady. Beyonce. Beyonce. She was What'd a Coachella performer, her headliner, I guess, one time, right? Yeah, but she turned it to she turned it to Beachella. They called it. They did. They called it. Now she got it. Homecoming on Netflix. Yes, that Make lady. Sure y'all she making money off of every thing. She just dropped her first official ad for Ivy Park Adidas today on the gram. Um, Beyonce is very calculated. She yes. is a very. Um, methodical meticulous artist um i seen today on twitter it's probably not true but um so she released lemonade on apple music just yesterday or two days ago and you know i haven't listened to lemonade since my title subscription ended because i was not paying them no more and um they were like you know that was three years after lemonade came out so somebody was somebody like googled like how long does it take to grow lemons and it takes three years. They're like, Beyonce knew that it took three years to grow lemons. So she waited three years for all this shit to happen. I'm like, y'all crazy. I don't think it's that deep. But she's extremely methodical. But it um, might be. It might be. Ex- expect the album coming very soon. I could guarantee you that. Um, we thought the album was coming on the 18th, but it didn't. So it's going to come soon. Make sure y'all watch Homecoming if you would like to receive your life. Um, homecoming live album. You could receive your life there too. That was nice. It was very nice. Uh, you could see the twins up in there. Do we room, have time for me to input sir. something? Yeah. The, you know the song "God Bless America." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have y'all heard about the controversy behind yeah, it? Yeah, I've heard about it, and um, I've heard some of the other music that the artists did. Which was crazy. What was the name of one? Like that's, that's why. What, that's why dark. That's when darkies born. were born. That's and in the name. That's in God Bless America. No, no. that oh. is a song that that woman oh. who sang God Bless America. That There's was another one. one about pickaninnies. Uh huh. That's mm. little black kids. Yeah. Like then. That's it's why. They, that's why people. Well, another reason people don't listen to um, the Star Spangled Banner. The second, the second verse of the Star Spangled Banner is um. Something about like, you know, if for lack of because I don't know the actual verse, but I'll look it up. Basically saying, you know, no matter if it's this or the slave, like those words, like I will I will defend this country, basically. Like that's in the the, and the this fucking is what I was pledging myself to. In um the Star Spangled Banner. What? Yep. See, and then we have all of this uh Me Too movements and shit like that. It's like mm-hmm. a lot of us are doing a lot of things and we're taught a lot of things by racist people. 
Yeah. Right. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. It's like none they of that changes. Now, Everything is intersectional it's and it's up. like they don't give a fuck about us no matter what. Yeah. And it's really sad. Song, I was like, yo, this this Yeah, that Sorry, lady's name verse. is uh Kate Kate Smith. That was the name of the lady that sang uh God Bless America. Uh-huh. And she had all of those um, other songs that came out after God Bless America that were um, very controversial and I guess people defending it were just like um, you know like she was saying these like the, what she was saying in the in the song about this is why uh, what's, what did she call Darkies, Darkies were born. born they were saying that she was saying that in a satire like a satire yeah. trying to say that you know like making fun of people who are racist or All something like that fucked up shit that's why black people were born yeah. to do the fucked up shit yeah to oh. do all the things like somebody has to pick the cotton somebody right. has oh. to uh, grow the corn I forget the rest of is the lyrics is she lyric. still alive no she's a dead woman um, but wow yeah I never heard of that yeah, I was list. I heard about it uh, listening to the radio um, the other morning. Mm-hmm. They played some of the music, and I was just like, "Yo, that's ridiculous! This is wild!" And for the fact, it's not like, "Oh, she did that before she sang God Bless America." No, those things. And even if she did it before God Bless America, facts like right. it doesn't matter. It, it's still it doesn't matter. They're like, "Oh, well, this all came out afterwards, and we don't know if it's supposed to be satirical or not." Da da da. But it's just like, how can this be satirical? Like. There's no way that you can make a light of saying these things, yeah. you know? So and that was super, super duper unfortunate. And, like, it's super disappointing, but it's like, yeah, we could get rid of God Bless America. Like, because, you know, that's what they want to talk about, whether or not you want to cancel God Bless America. Like, we they just not. need to we need to just realize, you know, acknowledge racism, it, acknowledge that. Whatever you do with the song is what you're going to do with it. Because I'm sure that there are people who are, who know, who are patriotic, who know, Right. That this person who sang that song was this kind of an artist and sang the other type of music mm-hmm. that wouldn't be so patriarchal, right. you know. But those are people who may have chose to ignore and just let it go, and I'm sure that that's what people are going to continue to do with God Bless America. Damn, you learn something new every day. No I ain't mm-hmm. never singing that shit. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't right. uh, stand for the Star Spangled Banner. I'm never singing God Bless America again. I'm like saying. this is just ridiculous. I will sing. Lift that. Lift that. That's okay. it. I will sing that, right. and that will be it. And that is it. Word up, word up. What time What's is next? it? Oh, we got an hour. Oh Jesus. Uh, we just got a letter. Yeah, we, we just got. got yeah, let's do that. We haven't done we that in a long time. A I wonder who it's from. <laughs> oh man, let me go to the mailbox, Jesus. Hey, hey. Jesus. Um. So we had a couple. We haven't done a letter in a in a moment. So there was a couple of letters. You said you wanted to do the first one, Joe. Um, hey People's Podcast This is kind of a long one But I'm going to get through it um, Hey People's Podcast I have a lot of trouble expressing my feelings To romantic interests While we're in the thick of it Both good and bad I can't even seem to be honest During a final argument or goodbye All I know how to do is put it in a letter And I'll only do that Once the envelope on a relationship Has been sealed for good mm. So these aren't happy letters These are letters touched by conflict Injury or rejection Mm. 
I never asked for answers outright, but I suppose my letters quietly asked for healing. However, at 26 years old, I have enough data to suggest that a soul-bearing letter, email, Facebook message, etc., is not a great way to, to get any healing, closures or ans- closure or answers, etc. No one has ever responded to one of those to one of these letters, and despite prevailing wisdom, the mere act of letter writing doesn't seem to have any healing effect for me. Maybe it's through this for a week or two up until the point where I start hearing crickets and experience that silence as another emotional blow. And all those letters, okay, it's only like four or so, but still, are they unreceived, unopened, unprocessed? The suspense is killing me from a letter I sent six years ago to a letter I sent just two months ago. Lord Jesus. I've been on the receiving end of a feelings letter before, and each time I didn't respond. Once an ex-friend sent a message that ended up with something like, I hope that good things come into your life, or was it wishing you light and happiness? Some sort of airy thing that people look great stitched, that, that would look great stitched on an Etsy pillow, but probably covers up a sentiment such as a screw you or my therapist told me to write this. Oh my God. Her letter didn't make me angry, sad, or happy. In fact, it left me befuddled and sort of numb. Not befuddled. I was struck by a complete lack of concrete details about our past conflict. It felt like a trick. She was being honest with me, and yet there were no narrative inroads. I wanted her side of the story. Isn't that the code X that helped us make sense of it all? I have like four paragraphs left, just so y'all know. Nah, son. Why, what? What? What do they want to know? Can we skip to the end? Let's go to the last paragraph. All right, let me just... Yeah, okay, well... Oh, if it's important stuff, I think sure. this one... I don't know. If this paragraph this has nothing, then we'll just move to that. I got a letter from an, an, an ex-boyfriend once that made me angry, not numb, but there was a similar sense of sub... Sutterfuge. She's what are these words? words? Y'all talk about me. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck she's saying. <laughs> That's why she ain't getting no what response. What the fuck? You using damn stupid ass words. Yo, the person that she writing is still Googling a damn <laughs> word. She... Alright, so why do I expect people to respond to my letters when I've never shown anyone else the same courtesy? Mm. Why do I keep writing letters to feel better when it only makes me feel worse? And why do I keep signing off by wishing other people all the best when really I want to shove them or fuck them or hug them or swallow them whole. Wow. Bit okay. What? She is doing a lot. Um, please help me. I don't know if I can hold on to these feelings anymore. And obviously there aren't any takers out in the world. Sign return to sender. So can you at what least I'm, just give us like a gist of what the hell is What going I on? think she's saying here, honestly, I think she just vented. We should have read the other letter, Joe, but well, um, we still can. <laughs> we got She it. obviously just vented about her feelings. her feelings. So first of all, I don't know. I know that there are people who get like a kick out of like writing you a, like an email or a letter. Like I've had this like a friend like break up our friendship or. Nah, nah, she didn't break up our friendship, but she wrote me this letter about how she felt about something I did or that she thinks I did to her and then, like, wrote it in an email. And I'm like, this is just really you getting your shit off right now. I didn't even respond to it. Like, I just never spoke to her again. You know, it's just like, okay, duly noted. And mm-hmm, that's it. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, like, she's just trying to get her, her feelings out. 
she's sending these letters and then she's thinking like I don't know why she keep doing it she's trying to like she's not getting any response so that's just gonna make you feel worse about the breakup like if you wanted to get your feelings off after a breakup and you wrote this letter like just don't be thinking that somebody's gonna entertain you that's like when somebody sends a text message a long text message to somebody and they don't get a response it's like Oh, like now I'm really I'm aggravated on top of aggravated yeah. because you ignoring me now. So it's like, and then you kind of feel a little bit embarrassed. So, and that's what she's doing. She's again, she's embarrassing herself. So she said, "Why do I expect people to respond to my letters when I know when I never show you never shown the same courtesy? You never wrote back when somebody wrote the right wrote something to you." So I don't know why you expect somebody to write, you know, write you back. Like you might just be projecting however you feeling onto somebody else and saying like you, 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 you know, nobody's going to respond to that projection because you just trying to bring your feelings onto me. I mean, I absolutely agree with you. Like, and then at the point she's becoming long winded. So, so she need therapy. She just did an example of what the fuck she be doing to people. Mm -hmm. Right. But by the time you that long ass shit, by the time you get to your second, your second paragraph, second second or third paragraph, it's like I'm I'm so uh, confused about what what you're talking about because now, like you said, it turns into a vent. It's a venting session. A vent session. So and also you use these crazy words, girl. and then you talk about some you you trying to wish me well but you really want to fuck me suck me and push me off the off the banister (laughs) so i don't know if you want to please me or kill me so you sound like you got other things going on is this really about me or is this about everybody and like the whole she needs a therapist. Yeah, she needs she to go does. to Sunday service with Kanye. Mm-mm, no, <laughs> yes, no, she no. She needs healing. She needs Jesus. She needs all of it. Mm-hmm. That's what she needs. She, she needs to go buy therapist. her a church sweater, some socks, <laughs> <laughs> and all that, and she'll be okay. Now, she, that's, it was too much for me. I, yeah, I just, yeah, I just. I don't even have an opinion, honestly. It's I too tapped much. Out. I it tapped out. She, she told herself, she told us about herself like she sure. told herself about herself while she was telling us about it like, right you already know why you did that like you have issues and then have the nerve to ask why ask us why what are we supposed to do and then answer her own question sure <laughs> but, then, but what, you, what we need to respond is refer to your first paragraph like yeah, yeah. i don't know you got all the answers all right there, so right. on the other side this is another letter it's not as long so maybe we can get through this one dear people's podcast Hey, 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 hey. I'll never be who I want to be. Okay, mm. maybe that's a bit dramatic. <laughs> but then again, that's honestly how I feel right now. Like all my sneaking feelings of being an imposter, of not being smart enough or strong enough or confident okay, enough to get what I want in life are becoming demonstrably true. And it's not just in my head any longer. It's imposter syndrome, I know, but I really am an imposter. And oh. people are just now figuring it out. I have a great job, a boss lady job, at which I am performing only adequately. This is not just in my head. At my recent annual review, my boss said that I am struggling. He is often disappointed in my answers and my follow through. I am always behind, short of answers, barely keeping up. I don't remember all the things I'm supposed to manage. I delegate projects and then I forget I delegated them. I feel sluggish, stupid. I struggle to make even easy decisions. I feel simultaneously underappreciated and like a waste of space. My workload is heavy and my therapist says maybe the expectations are not reasonable. 
but others at my level managed to meet their expectations just fine so that feels like an excuse this is the first job where my reviews have been anything but glowing which I would like to think says something about this job but I don't think but I think says more about my previous jobs and how little they expected of me Mm. or how little attention they were paying Mm. on the outside that's facts on the outside, I have the life I always wanted. I own a beautiful home. I'm in an amazing, honest, supportive, wonderful relationship. I have an inviolable job. I always wanted to be a kick-ass career woman, a boss, someone who accomplishes a lot. I want people to see me as capable, confident, and even powerful. And I want to feel good. I try all the things, cleaning up my diet, working out, yoga, meditation, and they help kinda but I don't stick with them and I come back to feel like I'm drowning and I just want to run away I fantasize about quitting my job at least once a weekend my job is objectively great my instinct is it's not the job's fault it's mine I am just not smart enough not energetic enough not strong enough to actually succeed at this level I'm not sure what I'm asking of you how to stop feeling like this would be ideal but that seems like a stretch an excuse to just give up would be nice too, although ultimately unproductive. I guess I want someone to tell me for sure and for real that there's nothing wrong with me and it will get better. Sign never enough. Okay. One, imposter syndrome is real, so like, don't mm-hmm. think that you're crazy. One. Two, quit your job. Because if your job is creating all of this stress, you don't need to work there anymore. It's literally as simple as that. She says she wants, she has an enviable job. Three, you need to stop worrying about what other people think about you. You need to worry about what you think of you. Stop trying to be enviable. Stop trying to keep up with the Joneses. Stop trying to have a perfect highlight reel to post onto Instagram. Like, stop trying to be the perfect that was woman stop trying to have a perfect highlight reel yeah mm-hmm. she says she, she she's a boss lady mm-hmm. and she has a good diet and she works out and she has a great man and she owns a home and she she has an enviable job so you know bitches want the shit want want my position but meanwhile you suck at your job your boss knows you suck you're probably about to get fired like sis why are you like tormenting yourself and then you want to blame it on you that's the that's the easy way out to blame it on you now it kind of sounds like you may have like something else emotionally going on like you're you're in therapy but you didn't really say that you're diagnosed with anything who knows what's going on there like psychologically so maybe because because the whole sluggish thing and like all those other like elements that you got going on you you're lacking energy but sometimes procrastination can be a bitch and procrastination is 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 so crippling you will find every other thing to do besides the shit that you need to do and it's not that you're not capable of doing your job sis it's that you don't want to do it i promise you i have mad shit to do right now mad orders to fulfill and i've found every excuse not to do my job now I don't think that I feel like I'm an imposter but I am suffering severely from procrastination and also sometimes fear of failure will lead to procrastination me thinking I'm a fuck up on something is preventing me from doing the job that I know I can do very well very successfully because I've done it time and time again so for you sis you did what you need to do to get that job I'm sure you can do that job with your eyes closed hands hands tied behind your back but the reality is that you do not want to be there and you're you're now tormenting yourself 
at the same time wanting like it's kind of that irration irrational uh thought process of someone who may be like suffering some type of like emotional imbalance whatever it may be right like you want this to happen but you're self-sabotaging yourself to prevent that from happening so like it's kind of it, it i think it's deeper layers here but my advice is just to quit your job and go do something you want to do it's like a person that has a, a Mercedes Benz with a six hundred dollar car note, and you know you can't keep up that note. Facts. But you 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 do it just for the status, like she said, That's she me. a boss lady, Benz, but... you know. So she yeah. probably trying to, you know, she don't want to go to another job. She right. might not be a boss lady there, right? So I relate to her a lot, like a whole lot, in terms of, you know, the enviable, you know, you you in this job that. I'm, I relate to the part where she said that her job, her previous jobs, really probably didn't give a fuck and didn't pay attention. And, you know, you was the shit at that job. And now you got this popping ass job, probably making a lot of money. But really, this job got a little bit more work or a lot of bit more work than the shit that you was used to doing before. So now you can't sit at your computer and chill all day like you did at your previous job and you got praised by all your supervisors and shit like that and they made you kind of believe like hey sis you the shit and now you in this other job and you ain't living up to what you thought you were so that's the imposter syndrome that she's like feeling but I relate in terms of like I feel you I want that life too I want to be enviable I want people to not really enviable I want people to look at me and be inspired I want to I want to provide for me my family right i want to have status i want to have shit that's popping and sometimes you gotta know when to cut your losses so um (laughs) (laughs) so as amber was talking and asia read the letter a lot of words kept going inside of my my was running in out of my head and like some of them stayed some of them didn't um, and it takes me back again. I like I, I I'm going through this, like I said, the journey, journey of happiness. I'm going through this this process of listening and letting different things res- resonate inside of you, and then processing it, and then having to come to a better understanding because um, this came from somewhere. Um, and I say this comes from somewhere because um, she didn't just come out as a grown ass woman and automatically think these things about her. Number one, I feel that it came from her childhood and some way, form or fashion, it, it, it the people around her praised her. So whether she was the oldest child or the youngest child or even the middle child and had to hold up to a certain standard. And growing up, never, never having, having everyone around you tell you that you can do it and they look at you as a person that never made a mistake. So growing up, she probably thought, she probably thought the factor of, okay, this is the people around me think I can't make a mistake. And now I can't make a mistake because now I'm an adult. So having that job where she flew but below the radar and she was doing exceptional came to a point like 
that was okay for her because now she was doing exceptional. Now she has to put her big girl panties on and now she has a boss lady job and now she has to work out. Now she's now her back is against the wall. Um, and I don't think it's a problem. It's just, you have to step into the position that you kind of, um, set for yourself. Uh, I do feel that it may be a little overwhelming, but my advice to her is just slow down. Think about it. Think about what you're doing. I mean, and find out what the root of this problem, where did it come from? Because it came from somewhere. Um, and I say that because I, I thought the same thing about myself. My name is boss man because I felt like over the years, I I made strategic moves because I felt it was beneficial for me. And a lot of people over the years looked at me like I couldn't make a mistake. But over the over the time I got older, I understood like it's not about what those people around me think. It's what I think. So, yeah, I can make a mistake. Yes, that may not be the best job for you when you accepted it because you thought it was OK. But like Amber say, maybe that probably wasn't the best thing for you. You only made that decision because why you thought the other people around you would have thought differently if you would have chose that. Let's just say drive through job at Burger King or whatever it was. But one thing I am happy is uh, you never know. You never said it in your letter, but I hope and I can come to the conclusion that is true, that you're in a happily. You're in a great relationship. You're happily in your relationship. Um, You're in a great relationship. And whatever you're doing, your man is right there supporting you, whether it's a man or a woman, whoever's supporting you, they are there because you never talked down upon them. You were just talking about your job. So I hope that whatever decision you make after you listen to this podcast, that they're still there to support you because just look, you have a lot of people around you. And when you're down, just 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 turn to it and just. Exhale, exhale, not exhale, but ex- <laughs> exhale, because you're holding too much on yourself. And to you, it may not to you, to the world. It may be, may not be that serious, but to you, it may be serious, but it's OK to take a breather. It is OK to take a breather. Life will still be there. The world will still turn around. Right. Um, yeah, all of the things. Um, when it comes to imposter syndrome, I, I do agree with you, Joe, that this started somewhere. Um, because imposter syndrome, it starts like with your childhood. And I was listening to a podcast very like maybe a year ago um and they were talking about imposter syndrome and uh expert forget what her title was asked like who was the first person that you've like ever wanted to impress Hmm. and that a lot of people was like well my mother or my father or whatever like their parents right and a lot of the times with imposter syndrome is because you you grow up never wanting to disappoint anyone or you might have you might have started out well as a child because you did everything that you were supposed to do to impress or make this person happy right so you did everything the way they would want you to do it and so that 
in there and tells you moving forward in life, you keep just trying to do things to impress people or to keep these people happy. Or And now they're giving you this encouragement like, yeah, you're super smart. Yeah, you're this. Yeah, you're that. So you go about you go about life living up to this 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 thing that people are, are putting pressure on you to be. And all, all the meantime, you start to experience things mentally and emotionally while you're still putting this pressure on yourself. That's, you know, you're being an imposter. But, you know, as far as all the feelings that you're having, I mean, just as capable as you were to get through all of that and do those things to keep up that facade, you're capable of getting yourself together and keeping your job you can do that but there's going to take a lot of like this is going to require you to become or to be the strongest and you won't even understand you won't even understand how strong you're being while you're doing this but in order for you to you know if you want to keep this job if you if that's something you want you can definitely do it um it's just going to be very hard for you because you're going to have to dig deeper, um, as to why you're in this feeling, um, you know, why you're feeling this way. It's going to take a lot of therapy work. It's going to take a lot of just like soul searching for you to find yourself. Cause you've just been living your life for other people this whole time. Mm-hmm. And now it's hard for you to find purpose. And that's what I get from you. Um, when you were writing it's just like you don't find purpose you just want it to be over kind of thing Mm -hmm. and you're feeling sluggish and this and this and that and honestly i have to be 100 percent real with you to tell you i i don't know what to tell you like i don't know how to tell you how to get out of this i just know that it's gonna take a lot and although it's gonna feel like you're at your weakest point, you have to know deep down inside that you are being the strongest that you've ever been in your whole life while you're trying to get yourself together. The only thing I can tell you is I can't give you no steps. I can't give you no answers because I don't know. Like, I don't know. I felt how you felt. I've been where you are. I am where you are. So, and I don't know how to get out of my shit. So I can't tell you how to get out of yours. All I have to tell you is just really try hard not to give up. Like, really try hard not to give up and just go live every day and try a little bit every day to be a little bit more happier. I don't know what that's going to take. I can't tell you to meditate. Maybe that bag of chips in the vending machine might make you happier today. But do something to make yourself a little bit more happier every day and really just don't give up. So I hope you found like I hope that I hope you got something at least from Joe and Emma. I ain't got too much for you, girl. But I, I let me tell you, advice. let me tell you, I understand. I get it. I need you to dig deep though, and know that that comes from somewhere. Don't just look on the surface. That sh- shit started a long time ago. Yeah. You just starting to understand, like you starting to really just like uh, embrace those feelings that you have it and it's getting the best of you now you can only put mm-hmm. so much air in a balloon before it pop right you know you filling yourself up with this hot air pretending and pretending and pretending mm-hmm. and now you can't no more and it's not your fault that you were pretending you were conditioned to feel like this is the person you were supposed to be Facts. and that might not have been which you would have done naturally. It's okay. That happens to everyone. Right. Now let's just dig through this shit and try to try to make sense of Get what the it, future girl. is supposed to be. So shout out to you, listener. Um, hopefully in a couple months you've been working on some things and you feel a little bit better and you can write us back. 
we do have another letter. I don't know if we really want to read it. If we want to get into final thoughts, we still kind of got some time on the clock. Or are did we you tired? Read the I did not. Because I don't want it to be another like the first one. Oh. Uh, no, this letter I did read. Well, I read these letters for oh, yeah, the I most part. I read all three of them, too. They good. This one, I, this one was my first choice I, that I think I wanted to read. Uh, but. That's long. It's like four paragraphs. All right. Dear People's Podcast, the past year has been hard on our family. My husband and I have beautiful children and are gainfully employed, but he dislikes his position and is dealing with major depression and anxiety. I've been holding it together. Some days are better than others, but I support him and I'm trying to help him as he journeys to recovery. About seven months ago, I finally got my postpartum anxiety under control and have been feeling better. Which is a blessing because I don't know that I could handle everything without having my own mental health in check. Good job. Lately, my husband has sometimes been difficult to be around. He has forgotten some of the small things I've asked him to refrain from doing over the years. Please watch out your, please, i.e., please wash out your spit from the sink and mm-hmm. minor things like that. I talked to my major <laughs> I talked to my therapist and she advised me to write these things down and if I felt the need to bring them up at a later date I could having them somewhere would help me figure out what was important enough to address and what was just a nagging thought about a nagging thought that would pass this was great advice because my husband also asked me to take it easy on him and stop criticizing him about small stuff. But because our children are small, I wasn't confident that a diary would be private as they tend to go through things. So I decided to email myself when I wanted to write down my complaints. The emails turned into vent sessions with myself and I also wrote down some other bigger relationship issues I had feelings about. I plan to review these issues and address them with my husband maybe after he got through the worst of his depression my husband and I generally respect each other's privacy for instance a few months ago while using google maps in the car my husband opened my email and asked why I received a note from an admissions department regarding a master's program I wasn't seriously looking at the program I was just curious so I didn't share with him that I had inquired it was surprising that he read my email and I asked him not to go through my emails again and if he had any questions I'd be more than happy to answer them we well, all right, we don't keep secrets. All right, last paragraph. Now you can see where this is going. Last night, after a hard day at work, my husband opened up our personal computer. I was still logged into my email, and when he opened the email portal to check his own, so my my inbox popped up. He saw an email about three or four down in my inbox titled Relationship Complaints, and he decided to open it. He not only read the most recent email I had sent to myself, he had also read the other three. These emails I sent contained private, very negative thoughts that I did not want him to see. I was working through my emotions in a healthy way. He knows I journal to clear my head, and he knows that I have a tendency to send emails to myself as a way of journaling. These emails contain only criticisms of him. Some were very petty, while others were larger relationship issues we need to work on once his mental health is in a better place. He immediately confronted me, and I became defensive and hurt that he invaded my privacy. He is hurt and thinks I have shown him I don't love him, like him, or even want him around. We aren't speaking. I know we need couples counseling, which I'm going to set up today. But was I really in the wrong to email myself these private, very negative thoughts? If not, how can I get through to him that while it's understandable that he is hurt, he invaded my privacy in a major way? 
You want to start? Y'all want to go? You can go ahead, Joe. Well, 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 well. That was a lot. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a lot. Um, And I feel like it was like a lot of contradictory because in one part you did say that you didn't hold secrets, but yet he should have, Um, you, y'all speak every... Y'all speak about how you y'all have open communication, and then you expect it for him to know certain things. And but she said that like that that's what they are used to. But then he's going through this deep depression, so she had yeah. to dial back on like yeah. saying some of the stuff to him. Yeah. So I get it. You was doing it to like try to help him out, but, but at the same time, you was ended up holding all this stuff in, so you had to journal. And then you, I understand the whole open communication thing, but. If you were really trying to dial back and ho- and not like divulge of some of these these secrets or inner feelings, you should have been more careful. Yeah, I'm not saying that you were wrong to 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 write it, but like if you guys have like this open relationship, like this, you were being careless at like him finding it because eventually if you left your emails open and he he not like looking for anything he sees that that's the first thing that he gonna see because this is your number one this is your email and when he sees a subject like that says relationship complaint the first thing he gonna say is like whose relationship is this about so i mean like you gotta uh, i bet you already understand it that he had already had like situations going on in his head, and the first thing that he thought thinking about is is everything that you you read that that he has read. So it's just like, yeah, I think you need to go to you guys need to both go to couples counseling because by you suppressing a lot of your emotions, um, your mental health is being triggered. So now both of you guys are being triggered at the first at, at the same time, whereas you were trying to help him and you can't you forgot about helping yourself too um yeah go to counselor i think you gotta do that um you wanna go next go ahead um girl what was your question hold on (laughs) hold on oh i closed not closing it out asia okay the question was uh but was i really wrong and was I really in the wrong to email myself these private, very negative thoughts? No, um, you are not. If not, how can I get through to him that while it's understandable that he is like, so yeah, I don't think you were wrong for writing your thoughts and journaling in the way that you chose to. Um, I understand this is going to be difficult because you didn't do it with bad intentions. You did it because you were trying to protect his feelings because you knew he was going through something mentally as well meanwhile you were still going through your postpartum Mm -hmm. but you got you had you know you got through that and still helped take care of him so i'm a kudos to you on that um do i think that you need to go into this very carefully because now if he was majorly depressed before girl it's a shit storm over there like you're gonna have to move into that very carefully if you want to salvage your relationship with him um, so you, you're going to have to talk about it and you're going to have to just explain to him why you did it. It was like, listen, I wasn't really trying to like, 
I wasn't trying to aggravate you. Like you, you told me to dial back on some of the things that I was coming to you about. So some of those things I wrote down, but I had other feelings too. And at the end of the day, I think, you know, he should understand if he's somebody that's suffering from mental illness right now that you have to have some type of outlet. So, I mean, you chose to email yourself. Um, at the end of the day, I don't care for me personally, I don't care if I'm in a relationship or we openly, you know, do this and do that. When it comes to certain things that are private, they are private. And I don't think that he should have went through your email. He could have, he could have just saw it and actually like I saw something titled, you know, blah, 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 and asked you about it. But to go through somebody's email and read somebody's personal things, um, is a violation to me. I mean... I guess you're in a marriage, so you got to work that out. But if I was in a relationship with somebody that went through my shit, I'm automatically breaking up with you. Like, I, I don't I don't play that at all, so that's just me. But since you're married, so you might have to put some effort into that. Um, but, yeah, you're not wrong. Y'all just going to have to speak about this. Y'all going to have to openly communicate. Um, you have to openly communicate how you feel about him invading your privacy. And you're, he's going to have to openly communicate about he how he feels. He feels like you don't love him right now. Or that you, you know, so you, y'all going to have, that's going to be tough. Because, you know, now that's putting him in a worse, in a worse place mentally and no telling what he's going to gonna do now so y'all gonna have to openly you know try to just get through that in counseling and move forward that's all i can say um also all the things um i agree that you are not wrong um you were actually trying to be proactive and it's nothing like trying to be proactive in whatever the issue or or uh conflict may be and then like the other person still blows up on you it's nothing like that or it's nothing like telling the truth about something and somebody just still thinks you're lying mm-hmm. um i equate that to this kind of feeling so i mean i equate this to that kind of feeling um yeah girl you know y'all are married so i don't know nothing about that because i've never been married i don't know about marital boundaries and do's and don'ts so i can't really like indulge in that kind of conversation but what i will say as a human as adult humans i agree that he should not have gone through your stuff um that was a little bit of an insecurity on his end um he almost seems well he does seem like a very difficult person to just deal with and be around and love um and i I do know that one part of marriage is we love uh what is it despite not in spite or whatever however it goes you know you love that person too thick and thin unconditionally so you're not like you can't or not you could do whatever whatever you want to do you it's not it's frowned upon to just disregard him right and you were like Asia said you were going through your own thing so I don't know if she mentioned how he handled that because it sounded like you got through it by yourself right but I digress. Um, this can go into an entire conversation Ooh, um, about masculinity, its fragility, um, the fragility of the man's ego, um, how men are just as insecure as women. You know, it can go into that, but we won't for the sake of time. What I will say is, I hope that you guys do go to counseling. Um, you do seem that seem like. You love each other. Um, 
it's really unfortunate how it went down but to answer the question that was asked no you are not wrong to send yourself or rather to come up with a solution um that you thought would be as non-invasive and as private as you thought it would be um to deal with emotions that you're going through in your marriage so don't beat yourself up weird I guess that's it for the People's Podcast. We can get into our final thoughts. We want to thank you all in advance for tuning in to the episode 27. This has been fun. Yeah, I like this. We episode. almost 30. Right. Oh <laughs> almost 30, literally. But uh, do y'all have final thoughts? I can go, ma'am, because I do not. Um. Okay. Dear procrastinator, I found this and I thought it would kind of, all right, I thought it would tie into what I was discussing earlier about procrastination. So dear procrastinator, when it burns you up inside and you start complaining until tears well up and you're planning past midnight, when it becomes a priority on your prayer list, then you will move. Amen. Right now, you are way too comfortable. This week, God is going to disturb your schedule and push you into purpose. So I'm reading that to myself. I'm reading that to you, 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 and you too. Um, do not become procrastination's bitch this week. If you happen to be procrastination's bitch last week, Jam. Don't do it again this week. Hopefully, this episode goes out on Sunday, and I'm giving you a nice little word <laughs> to, to set you up. That's all of us, shit. shit. Um, but no, you know, whenever you do hear this, just, just I'm gonna get it out Sunday. Don't don't fall victim because it can be like I said earlier, it can be so crippling to whatever it is that you got going on. That ain't just for you know business people that's for like everything when that project you got at work you know having that conversation with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your husband or your wife like procrastination is the devil mm-hmm. promise thanks for tuning in amen next thank you, you got one, Joe. next yeah it just seems like every time we always tying into each other <laughs> but um yeah my final thought is at some point you just have to let go of what you thought should happen and live in what is happening Hmm. i mean just get on the ride and just enjoy it because sometimes it's just it's just meant for you to just hit cruise control and just go down that lane like go with the flow like you know they say um, Jesus take the wheel let him take the wheel and take you to your destination sometimes it's not meant for you to just take it yourself maybe you just gotta let go and let God do it for you mm-hmm. and that's my final thought and that is my story so I was just <laughs> rolling on my Pinterest into like my save pins Ooh. some of them cause I have a saved like uh, like a pin section that's entitled make it count and that's where you know I put like positive affirmations and I was scrolling to see which one would like like okay Asia this is where but they, I just lost it um <laughs> it's it basically said uh learn how to take criticism seriously and not personally hmm. um and that to me spoke to me today because like today I had a really crazy meeting um uh, with 
upper management and you know they were it wasn't just me it was my entire team but they gave us you know some criticism and for me someone who takes a lot of pride in my work and my work ethic like I was proud of myself well I was like because one of my, my my boss's boss is a very intimidating lady but everybody's intimidated by her except me like I kind of look up to her and I really don't say that about white women, but I kind of look up to her. <laughs> and um, she's very strong and very stern and very, like, to the point. Like, to where when people were giving her what I like to call excuses for not doing something, and she's just like, no, you just have to do it. But at that, at sometimes it was, like, her giving us this criticism, um, you know, about what's, like, the performance or whatever. But it's, like, it's not for you to take it personal. Like, you know, Asia, you... And I didn't come, really come down on myself. I was just overwhelmed. Like, ugh, like, you know, overwhelmed. Like, I have to get this done. I have to do better. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to, you know, make sure I'm... And not, not that I felt like I was slacking. I felt like she... Like I said, I felt like she was talking to somebody else. But it, it, made, it was one of the f- first times where I actually realized that, you know, that's something that is important. Like, just because you're getting reamed out by your boss, you don't have to take it personal. Like, this, you could take it serious because it's something that might need to be done um, and you have to do, but it's not for you to beat yourself up about or for you to get defensive about. It's just for you in that moment to do better at that. And somebody has to criticize you or what you're doing in order for you to get better if you nobody says nothing to you about something that you're doing and saying like hey maybe you need to try an alternative or hey i don't think this is really a good way to do this like if somebody just always yes you all your whole life you will never grow like mm-hmm. you would just be the same person performing lackluster being you know just regular you will never be great if nobody tell you that you have work to do so yeah, what that what I said that quote was. I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> Take criticism seriously and not personally. Yeah. Sure. Uncle Ray, you gotta find the thought. <laughs> if God is your co pilot, uh huh. Switch seats. Oh, oh come on now. Yes. Hallelujah. Right. Take you back right. it over over Hollywood. Right. Right. Hey, hey. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Cause I he like need to one. be flying that plane, child. Um This has been episode twenty seven of the People's Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for a twenty seventh week. We are so excited to come back next week and do episode twenty eight. So we'll see you later. Thank you for being a friend. Mm, bye. Peace, Peace out. out.